Alright, hello everyone, this is uh, Rich, and I am here with my day two for Mr. Rich's uh, 31 worst movies I own. Don't see the, the don't see violent shit one, don't see violent shit two. They will make you very sad. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. <laughs> Astro Radio Z is here to make you wet and hot with violent shit one, two, and three. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I don't know if that's something I want to advertise on my show. <laughs> Welcome to Astro Radio Z, the place where you get violent shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, Mark, before we get to this amazing episode tonight, we have a little house cleaning to take care of. Uh oh. It's been a while since you and I have had alone time here on Astro Radio Z. A certain somebody in the private Astro Radio Z group let the group know about certain developments on a potential episode that we have warned our listeners about for years now. <laughs> <sighs> what is your feeling about the fact that in March, the next three witchcraft movies are coming out on Blu-ray and on HD streaming? I really don't know how I feel about this. Um, <laughs> the revitalization of some of these franchise cult franchises have been hit or miss. I enjoyed the Plan 9 movie. I thought that was uh, interesting and, and how they did that. I just got done watching Phantasm Ravager. What did you um, think of that? I'm still trying to uh, digest that film. <laughs> um, it was interesting. Uh, I'm not. I'm not quite sure how I feel about it yet, uh, considering I'm not a huge uh, a fan of the franchise. But um, I, I'm chewing on that one. But you know, it, it, they can't do any worse. <laughs> you know, what was it about the the franchise you didn't like? I don't know. I, I mean, I, I in all honesty, because I rewatched it for the 31 Days of Horror, I appreciate it a lot more, and I did enjoy the first one. Uh, but for me, you know, I, I think I appreciated it more now than when I first watched the Phantasm films. I don't think I really got it. And now I get it. But uh, for me, I'm, I'm not sure. I like the tall man, you know, mythos and the Reggie character is pretty cool in that. But I don't know. It just I mean, it's all right. It's not a, you know, a favorite of mine, but I'd watch him again if someone wanted to say, hey, well, let's watch a Phantasm film. But you can tell it was handled with. A lot of care. They could have easily, easily uh, gone in many different directions. And, uh, you know, while it did, it still felt like a phantasm film. It felt like they were trying to take care enough with the characters to where they weren't going to over exaggerate them too much and give some respect to a franchise they, the filmmakers obviously do enjoy. So, which brings us to um, the witchcraft. Films, which 
I don't know if any of those statements you just said are true in <laughs> any way, shape, or form. Yeah, here we are. We're going to have 14, 15, and 16 upon our plates pretty soon. I don't know, man. I, You know, it, they could... It all depends on what vein they try to take those films in. Uh, you know, if, if they're kind of playing off of the the uh, <laughs> roughness of some of the episodes and some of the cliches that were through uh, the first 12 or 30, you know, 12 epi- uh, ish- editions, if you will, uh, it could be fun. It, it you, you never quite tell, you, you know, you just have to dive in. It's kind of like with Death Race 2050, where uh, I saw the first trailer and I, I kind of dug it, but I was kind of hesitant. And then I watched the film and it just, just boggled my mind, just blew me away. So with these films, you're never quite sure, especially even with the trailer. You just, you've got to watch them. Curious to see what they do with it. I really am. I'm not curious to see what they do with them. <laughs> I think we're under contract now with our listeners to have to go through with this. We've talked a big game. Uh, we went through seven and a half hours. If you go to the mega cut of the witchcraft series, you'll be able to hear seven and a half hours of us talking about this goddamn group of horrible fucking movies. And uh, now we we've warned or we've been warned there were three made in a weekend or whatever the fuck it was made in. Um, I can guarantee you this Mark the movie, man. Yes. That cover we saw for the next three is probably going to be a hell of a lot better looking than any of those movies. <laughs> I mean, that cover actually looked pretty decent. Yeah, the cover, the cover, I was like, hey, that that actually that looks kind of cool. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. The fact the, that I, they were all shot one after another in the span of like two weeks. Oh, that's just that's just good cinema, right? <laughs> oh man, that that tells me everything I need to know. So, listeners, prepare yourselves. We gotta round out the mega cut to a good even nine or ten hours. So. Oh, Jesus fuck, Jesus fuck. Yeah, in March, I I'm really worried here, Mark, because I'm gonna tell I'm gonna be quite honest sure. about this. Sure, there's no way I'm gonna be paying. $30 or whatever for a bunch of Blu-rays of three witchcraft movies are more likely going to be just dog shit. So I'm hoping that they show up on Amazon Prime. Otherwise, I don't know. We may not do this for a while unless somebody somebody donates them to uh, the show in order to watch. I don't know. I'm not going to go out of my way and, and spend a ton of money to do this episode. Well, either that or what we'll do is we'll get a collection together. We'll hop in the rabbit room. All of us will fire up Amazon and we'll pay for a rental and we'll watch it there. All of us. Mark the movie, man. You are a genius. (laughs) This is why I have you on my show. You are a genius. (laughs) Because we have Rabbit Room and we have the group, it'd be for the podcast, whoever's interested in the podcast, if they wanted to watch it. There you go. You rent them on Amazon uh, streaming video. And and there you go. You could you watch them as a group. Yep. In the interest of science, we shall watch these three movies on rabbit.com or whatever. R-A-B-B dot I-T. Yeah. Right, right. Which uh, the last 31 days of horror, we, uh, you and I, I should say just you and I watched a lot of movies, a lot of awful movies, really bad stuff. It'll be a bonding experience. 
bondage experience maybe the, the real thing yeah you're, you ain't shit about that one um i'm hoping i can talk mr brian kirsten to coming on to that show we need him on the show oh yeah I, we miss we miss brian greatly well i saw him at days of the dead in chicago last november and um he was actually like one of the first people that i saw when i walked in the joint and I immediately was like, dude, when you coming back on the show, he's just a busy guy. He's got a lot of, oh, yeah. a lot of uh, irons in the fire and uh, he doesn't have time to sit and watch seven shitty Vice Academy movies or, <laughs> you know, he doesn't have time for this nonsense anymore. So oh. I don't blame him. I don't blame him. But I think I think, Mark, we got to try and, and tickle him into coming out into this. I, I think so, too. I think so. Uh, feathers or whatnot, whatever it takes, we should. We need to get him back on the show. Oh man! So this long-winded intro today, <laughs> folks, just trying to avoid the episode that we're about to do today. You're just delaying it, aren't you? You're just trying to. <laughs> as as Paul likes to say, I'm doing anything I can to not talk about the subject we're about to talk about tonight. <laughs> But um, for a long time now, you've heard me talk about shot on video horror films. And as I've done with the John Waters episodes, I've wanted to do a series on shot on video horror. And I figured this year might be a good year to start really diving deep into some of this stuff because I have a good collection of these movies. And um, I think my listeners would appreciate us kind of scouring through some of this stuff because let's be honest, there's a lot of it and there's a lot of bad stuff. And I'd like to present you guys with stuff that maybe you'll get a kick out of some sometimes, you know, like tonight, <laughs> they not, may not be the most amazing. Not to tip my hat or uh, let you know <laughs> what my thoughts are on these movies tonight, but uh, sometimes they're not going to be great. But I always think it's worthwhile to check out these shot on video horror films um, because I've always thought, and this is from I, I've been watching these things since you know the eighties. Because I mean the the age of the golden age of shot on video horror was like. 86 through 93 and that's that's me you know kind of giving or taking a few years here and there um during a time when you know video stores were starting to pop up all over the place it was a relatively new format vhs and the studios hadn't quite figured out how to release their libraries onto this new format because they wanted to make all their money in the movie theaters. And this gave opportunities towards kind of the schlockmeisters who already knew how to wheel and deal through uh, the drive-in circuit, gave them a new avenue to directly sell their movies to retailers. And because of this, the movies that got out there first were obviously horror films and there was a lot of them and we're going to be covering a number of these in upcoming episodes uh mark was gracious enough to come on to do this one tonight about andre schnaz's infamous violent shit films which is what we're going to talk about tonight i want to have some fun with these episodes they're going to be pretty loose we're going to sit and, and and kind of go through because these movies obviously are not for 
mass consumption. The video quality alone assures that these are not going to be everyone's cup of tea. Most of these are shot on consumer-grade VHS camcorders. We're talking about the big ones you used to have to put on your shoulder, pop a VHS tape in there. They were loud as fuck. They had built-in toasted effects all over them. Sometimes these people would cut tape to tape or cut in camera. So the edits are always super loose. The audio is usually really shitty. And the special effects, as I said, or or like Amiga, Amiga. style, yeah. uh, you know, toasted, baked-in effects. Uh, with with shitty digital uh, titling and all this stuff. But the thing about these movies that I love and why I want to do these episodes are they were always done with a lot of heart and a lot of love and usually with a pretty firm tongue planted squarely in their cheek. So with saying this, Mark, what is your history with shot on video horror films? Did you used to watch these back in the day or was this something that just completely passed you by? Uh, you know, I, I didn't seek it out. I mean, occasionally you'd run across one at the mom and pop video store, not, not your big name ones usually, but it'd be the mom and pop ones. They'd have some odd, you'd be like, what, what's this, you know, and you pop it in and you, you're being like, what the hell, you know, but I didn't seek it out. So I, I didn't, uh, I, I didn't watch too much of this. I, I've kind of eased into it, but uh, when you brought it up, it had my curiosity, and, and I, I, you know, I'm like, okay, you know. And then uh, we watched the, the, these films. I started watching these films and getting the idea of, of the genre. And I go, yeah, I've seen some of these films before, you know, this type of film, and uh, not many, uh, but some. And yeah, they they are for select tastes, but. There's some interesting ones out there. And when you think of the time that they were made, in some respects, they're, they're actually pretty impressive for what they try to do with what they had, especially back then. Because I know the pains of, of shooting with the big VHS and, you know, editing tape to tape, um, especially using two like VCRs <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and the insert and all of that. So... Uh, yeah, I didn't really seek it out too much, but I've run across them occasionally. And when you brought it up, I, I it piqued my curiosity. So uh, that's that's kind of my history. Is it's just been kind of a casual one with it. Thing about a lot of these are they have zero budget, mm-hmm. literally zero budget. A lot of these were um, filmmakers who obviously didn't have the resources to make a legitimate shot on film film. I mean, they couldn't even afford 16 millimeter. Sometimes they couldn't. They didn't even do them on eight millimeter. I mean, some of the the violent shit films, as we'll uh, talk about later in the episode, they would have like certain sections would be an eight millimeter. But for the most part, they were I mean, you could get VHS tapes anywhere, really. And uh, it was the first time that. this kind of thing was open to the vast majority of people where they had the ability to sit and record things and keep them at home. And I think at least to me, I never took these movies to be lesser than other films. Cause I could see that they were trying to be, have plots and they were, you know, trying to be movies. They were movies, but I mean, they were trying to tell stories, but most people 
would look at this stuff and think that they were home videos. I mean, they some of them look like home videos and feel like home videos. Because like you said, tape-to-tape editing is very loose. There's no way you can get fine edits with tape-to-tape editing because there was always this indeterminate amount of time it would take the motors of a VCR in order to stop or to start. When you do, when you would pause or you would stop or you would hit record. So there was almost, it was almost impossible for you to nail edits on this. And on a previous episode, um, I talked to my bud and uh, fellow cohort in uh, filmmaking, Jason Paul Column. When he first started making films, he has a number of shot on video horror films that are actually of, of a lot of note. Uh, the Five Dark Souls series and his uh, movie, Mark of the Devil 666, The Moralist, he literally caught all of those tape to tape on VCRs. Some of this stuff, I, I way back in the day before I took over the show, we had Tim Ritter on the show. And he also talked about how he used to do this too, shooting on these formats, cutting them at home, taking them from store to store to store, selling them off, and uh, actually doing okay with these movies. This market is gone now. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's still a lot of people out there attempting to make their own movies, but the stuff looks a lot better. And unfortunately, there's so much of it out there now that a lot of it just gets lost. Where this stuff was so unique and so of its era and of its time that a lot of it is actually not only been rediscovered, but has found a new life. Because mm-hmm. it's really unlike anything else that's out there there's there's this weird kind of gorilla punk spirit behind a lot of the shot on video stuff that is very endearing and kind of charming now the movies we're talking about tonight <laughs> andre schnaz who was a, a german director created well there's actually four violent shit films but the fourth one is really tough to get a hold of i couldn't find it i couldn't even find a dvd of it to be honest if if the listeners of astro radio z know how to get violent shit for carl the butcher versus axe get a hold of me at astro radio z podcast at gmail.com let me know where i can see this film uh because i couldn't find it so we're just going to talk about the three violent shit films and nobody and I mean, not a single person on earth would ever say that the violent shit films are charming. <laughs> no, no, they, they, that, that's not a word that that is like far on the spectrum. There's a bell curve and and the and this the violent shit films are on one end of the bell curve and the word charming's on the far end. <laughs> Warning, the motion picture you're about to see contains scenes of extreme graphic violence and gore. Watch at your own risk. We recommend not to sell or hire this cassette to persons under the age of 18 years. 
it's very rare that you're going to find a movie or a set of movies that literally have a title that describes everything about the movie. <laughs> this movie is violent shit. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, do you think you could attempt to tell the listeners what is violent shit number one that was released in 1989 about. Ooh, okay. Um, I got no IMDb in front of me or anything, so let's see if we can get this. We have a young... It opens with a young boy playing with a ball. and It goes on for like 20 minutes. <laughs> with The video toaster is strong with this one. Uh, with all of them, actually, but especially this one. Wow. Uh, I think they burnt out their first Amiga with it with the amount of effects they did just in the opening scene. But anyway, we have a little boy and he comes home late and suddenly his, apparently his mother spanked him. We cut to, well, we don't even cut. We have some superimposed circle that opens up and there's blood splatter and the kid comes out with a clean knife. But apparently... <laughs> he, he he comes out with a clean butcher knife, but apparently we're implied that he killed his mom. Fast forward 20 years later, we have a van uh, with guys transporting a a mentally handicapped individual, um, and they go to take a leak, and the individual escapes. <laughs> And he escapes and he manages to, out of thin air, produce an extraordinarily large butcher knife that resembles the butcher knife that we saw when he, uh, the kid killing, to make you realize, who's this again? Oh, this must be the little boy. And so, even he, though he looks nothing like him, though he looks nothing like him, and he got this butcher, this cleaver out of like nowhere. It's not a butcher knife, it's a cleaver. Sorry. It's this cleaver that he found. In the woods, I guess, when he got out of the van. And he Marco, what before before you go on, what is the boy slash man's name? I don't know at this point. I I, I don't remember even. Oh, I can um, tell you what his name is. Wait. He is credited in the beginning as K the butcher shitter. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay, but it's not like mentioned in the first like wherever in this film uh to, what exactly it, is a butcher shitter Mark? i don't know what a butcher shitter is <laughs> uh and i think in the in the next in the part two we actually get a first name which i believe is carl butcher shitter um so you know that's appropriate you know a proper name now but he's just an initial here with a butcher shitter which i i don't know what that what that is he 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 cleaves people and shits on them i don't know i didn't um, see any shitting in i didn't movie. that's the thing is you don't his name's shitter you don't see any shit but eventually the crazy kid goes into the woods and we see a series of violent scenes where he chooses to, to dispatch people because he's crazy and what's weird is there's this weird thing with his face where he starts developing gross and getting a skin condition uh, while killing people and the film goes on <laughs> to with him killing people in, in various mean and nasty ways uh, well tries to most of his killings uh, 
involve him picking the people up and slamming them into the ground many times <laughs> first. He does that first, and then he proceeds to kill them. And yeah, and then at the end, a baby pops out. I that's just I. Well, you also forgot that he he disembowels Jesus on a cross and crawls inside. Oh, I forgot. How could I forget the Jesus scene in the in the woods? Yeah, where he he just doesn't disembowel Jesus. He crawls inside the carcass of Jesus while he's still on the crucifix. While he's still on the crucifix, which took some skill. Uh, you know, I, I'm impressed there that butcher shitter uh, was able to do that yeah and then he while he's halfway in jesus his little legs are like dangling kicking back and forth like a baby who just you know fell into the bathtub yeah it it, so that's basically what it is he he does violent shit he crawls into the carcass of jesus and then uh he melts and a baby pops out of his stomach (sighs) I know we spoiled it for you, but but trust us, folks. There is absolutely there's, nothing to spoil about there's this. There's nothing really. There's nothing really to spoil about this. I will. I will say with this, um, uh, particularly with the the the, <laughs> the vagina cutting scene, um, some of the gore effects in here for doing no budget, uh, considering the budget they're doing it on, and, and the film is doing this, you know, guys of the video camera in the woods, some of the gore effects weren't that bad for, for what they were trying to do. I, I, mm-hmm. I have to admit that uh, some of the, uh, some of the stuff they did was pretty impressive. I mean, the blood shooting out though, you know, you've got that blood pressure of a thousand, uh, you know, a thousand pounds <laughs> of pressure in your blood. Uh, that shoots it out of the the limbs and that some of these shots in here, as far as when the kills happen, uh, they did well. They shot them well. They they actually looked kind of gruesome. Um, and, and yeah, as far as that goes, but as far as any type of story, there's there's no coherency nah. whatsoever. Zilch, um, man. There's absolutely nothing going on in this movie. It's it's uh, a bunch of murder set pieces intercut with people driving to UB40 songs. I, I love how that UB40 song is in there watching it going, wow, I wonder if they got the rights for that one. Yeah, or the Wasp song yeah. that plays halfway through the, the, the movie in another driving sequence. All of the dialogue usually has to do with men trying to have gangbangs or uh, talking about fucking co-workers in the ass. There are, it, this is, put it lightly, I mean, if the title Violent Shit didn't tell you, sort of a crass movie. There's just, <laughs> just, there's, just a little, just a little bit. There is nothing subtle about this fucking thing whatsoever to the point where, um, and I think it's kind of the point of the movie, so it's hard to really get down on it because I, I think... There are times where you have to you have to let the PC police inside of your head just shut the fuck up. Um, this is a very misogynistic, mm-hmm. mean-spirited film. There is nothing about it that's subtle. There's nothing about it that cares about tiptoeing around your um, offenses. 
whether or not you're not going to like something. Let's let's just say you had spoke about a scene where a woman gets her vagina cut wide open. Yeah. The the prosthetic is so crude mm-hmm. of this vagina that honestly I hated that scene. Oh, I really I, hated watching that scene because it was it was kind of along the lines of think about the guy at your high school he used to just brag about how you know he could do whatever he wanted with women mm-hmm. and think about if he made a movie where he dreamed about cutting a, a woman's vagina wide open mm-hmm. but had no idea what a vagina looked like <laughs> 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 it's kind of what this how this scene played out. I mean, the prosthetic looks awful. You know what it is, yeah. but man, it is awful, and it's so it's it's disgusting by design. But it's just repulsive on a moral level in every way. It's just it's uh, Mark. What did you think about that stuff? Uh, that scene in particular, well, first, the minute I saw it, I'm like, Derek's not going to like this scene whatsoever. Uh, and, and I didn't either. I mean, I, I understood what they were going for in that, but it, it went long. It was funny because up until that point, I'm like, okay, but was it really needed, uh, you know, what you established with this character? It <laughs> Was really- anything really needed, Mark? Okay. Let's no, be honest. No, no, okay. <laughs> but, but the way it was – but, you know, he did – we do get him – Cutting off a guy's genitalia uh, before or after this, I think. Yeah, just out well. of the blue, a, a dude's junk all of a sudden is hanging out. He yeah, to cut just, him off. He, he was laying on the side of the road. This guy pulls over to be a good Samaritan to try to help him. And he turns around, cuts his hand off, and then, and then cuts his manhood off, which apparently he was able to easily get a hold of. Uh, yeah, it, it's crass. It, it, you know, the, some of the tongue-in-cheek stuff where they were doing the kills i was like okay th- those are kind of fun you know the the uh the butcher uh, knife uh, i mean uh, the cleaver excuse me into the head i i like some of those in that but then when you get to that i'm like yeah okay now you're just you're you're doing this because uh for whatever reason i i don't just trying to be edgy it's at that yeah. point i i really do think you know like i said you have to just say Yes, these guys are just trying to be as offensive as they possibly can at this point. Yeah, unfortunately, it turned me off a bit to the film, too. I kind of was digging the vibe a little bit. I'm like, okay, but when they had a few of those scenes like that, I'm like, okay, you're just doing this for shock value to to be shocking, you know. And and also, in all honesty, and I, I hate to say this, especially the time period that it was made at and, and a bit of the culture around that time um you can see kind of where this film where people you know the guys making it thought this was they were making some either cool shit or some edgy shit you know well Um, there was nothing like this at that time i mean yeah this is a german film and really the only other stuff that i ever saw that was like this coming from germany was from york bucharet who made the necromantic movies in uh Dara Todesking and Schramm. 
So this was right along the lines of that. I I honestly think I bet you uh, Andreas Schnaz saw um, Bukaret's films and was probably inspired like, hey, man, let's do this. I got a camera. I got a VHS camera. Let's let's have some fun and let's do this. And you could tell this was made by somebody who was having fun mm-hmm. that didn't care about trying to make a good movie. They just wanted to make something crass. And he it obviously it reeks of somebody that's young. Yeah, it, it definitely has an immaturity about it. And it is a film that they made for them. This is a film you could see them easily once they got done editing it and putting it together, slapping it in on a Saturday night and drinking beers and talking about the film they just made, you know, (laughs) watching around it and enjoying it that way, regardless of what people outside of their circle of friends who have the similar interests may think of it. You, You just get that vibe like this is just guys who are in doing things that they find entertaining or, or funny or think that they're being edgy, you know, they're enjoying making this film for lack of a better term. Um, and it, it, you get that feeling with it, but you know, the outsider, the, someone just a casual pickup of this film, uh, I think is going to be repulsed and uh, yeah, just go, what the hell did I just watch? Yeah. It isn't much of a movie. No, it really isn't. It it feels like um, kind of a showcase reel for effects work. Like, hey, let's try out some gags and let's film them and we'll just put them out. You know, it doesn't feel obviously there was no script written no. for this thing. No. It's like, hey, I want to do let's do a scene where I cut a guy's arm off. Mm-hmm. And let's see how that looks. And that, and then there's another scene where, hey, let's see if we can do a shot where I shove a, a machete through a guy's head. Let's see mm-hmm. a, a scene where I cut a guy in half and pull his legs away like Day of the Dead. You know, that's what this yeah. movie is. It's it's a series of of uh, practical gore effect gag reels um, that was shot on a VHS camcorder by by a dude that loves uh cheese ball metal and Herschel Gordon Lewis gore movies. Yeah, it, it was one of those it, it almost felt like that like most of these scenes were more like let's see if we can duplicate this. Yes. You know, it, it's not so much we're doing this to tell a story but they come up, "Hey, I saw this scene in a horror film where a guy gets cut in half. I bet we can do that. How would we do that?" And let's shoot it. And see how it looks. Just mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's them experimenting with with doing these effects, yeah. you know, in, in different ways. More so than trying to tell a story, it was more of just, hey, let's do these scenes, and, and we will come together and and have a little bit of a common theme to them. You know, though I did find it funny when he, he comes across the uh, guys working in the uh, the woods, uh, randomly digging holes for <laughs> and cutting down they're branches. They're just, they're just digging holes and cutting branches. And he picks up, he picks up this hedge clippers that they've been using and he runs with it. And you think, he, Oh great. He's going to off someone with it. And he drops it <laughs> and just grabs them and starts slamming them into the ground. Like his telltale pick them up and slam them down. I'm like, dude, you still, what the hell? I'm like, 
you, you teased us with the hedge cutters and then we don't get that for a while, you know? Right. But yeah. It, it, it is. It's them. It's them seeing if they can replicate some of their probably favorite scenes in a horror film they watched. Yeah, I think if you are mildly interested in this kind of thing, this movie would probably be best suited to be played in the background of a party. And if you you have the types of friends that get into gory stuff and like to laugh at some shot on video hijinks violent shit there's no reason to listen to this movie turn the volume <laughs> off and let it just play in the background because this isn't a movie to watch there's no movie here it, it literally is nothing more than a gag reel of of gore effects that's all it is and it goes on for 74 minutes yeah, can you I fucking know. imagine mark what did you think sitting here for 74 minutes watching this thing i I was like, they they really milked this. Actually, I'm like, okay, we're wait, no, we've got another scene. You're looking at the time, going, wow, we're at like 50 minute mark, and there's still like a half an hour left. What the hell's left yeah. to do? You know? No, well, what's left to do, Mark? <laughs> After he climbs into Jesus, he he gives birth. All of a sudden, he claws out his stomach, and a a fake baby doll pops out. And then it ends. There's nothing to say. This movie isn't even a movie. So <laughs> I think at the end of the day, Mark, let's go ahead and say violent shit one. Yay or nay on this one. If you're looking for a movie with absolutely no narrative and nothing to add, but you want to see how to do do it yourself gore effects. Sure. Give it a watch and see what people do. But don't even bother. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you completely. This is a nay big time for me. A thumbs, big old thumbs down. There's nothing to this movie. This Toss this on in the background with a mixed, as a mixtape for your next party with, with your shithead uh, drunk friends. And uh, then, it, then it would be fun. But otherwise, pff, please don't sit down by yourself and watch this movie. Unless you want to go to sleep. I love me some shot on video horror. But man, I had been hearing about these violent shit movies for years. And this was just a series of movies that escaped me. I just never got my hands on them. Not that I wasn't interested in them. Obviously, being a gorehound back in the day, um, these are as notorious as The Burning Moon or Oster Montag. Um, you know, any of those hardcore shot on video gore flicks, you know, darkness, stuff like that. Um, I just, just never happened. Maybe I just wasn't all that interested in it, to be honest, because I had heard stories that there wasn't really much of a movie here and damn straight. There's not much of a movie. So let's move on. Let's go to violent shit Two: mother. Hold my hand, <laughs> which, uh, one of the strangest subtitles to a movie I've ever seen or heard of in my entire life.
uh, Mr. Schnoz. He made this in 1992. Now, this movie takes place probably a good like 20 or so years after the first movie. Uh, supposedly the baby from the first one that popped out of uh, Kay the Butcher Shitter's stomach is now living in the middle of the woods with his mom, which who is which, very horny for him all the time. Which if, if I might just interject really quick, if your case you're wondering, there was no mom <laughs> in no. the first film. So no. how, how she was the mom of the baby that came out of shitter's stomach yeah anyway go ahead sorry just wanted to make sure they knew that there was no you didn't miss anything no there wasn't a mom in the first one no continuity isn't this series strong suit (laughs) and in any way and actually none of these movies other than the character of carl the butcher have any through line whatsoever even between them the characters change of Carl the Butcher. So please, if you plan on going through these, don't expect them to be like this epic story arc. There's nothing. I mean, they don't even make sense in their own movies, for Christ's sake. So anyways, Carl the Butcher, the this or Carl the Butcher Jr., I should say, lives in the woods with his mom, who wants him to go out and kill anyone that comes into uh, the woods for his grand old dead pappy. And that's basically what happens. Um, the movie is actually the framework of the film is that there is some journalist who meets up with an un, is it a, is it FBI agent or <laughs> just some random police staff person? Yeah. Who happens and- to have the file for this. And so the film is actually flashback. Yep. The whole, the, the main uh, meat of this story uh, pun intended is literally a flashback retelling of the crimes of Carl the Butcher Jr. Because somebody is attempting to figure out why everybody's dying in the woods. And only this one guy with with a manila envelope in in a long-winded story that lasts about 74 minutes again knows what happened in those woods. And what happened in those woods? A lot of genital mutilation. That's what happens in those events. <laughs> and, and, and don't forget the incest. Lots of uh, incest. Oh, and yeah. a, a, rocky, a rocky training montage. There is a rocky. <laughs> <laughs> this, okay. This movie, it, it, from, a, from a, like a style, from style wise, is about a million times better than the first movie. It, it it's at least edited well. The first movie, the editing is so bad. Within the first 10 minutes, I didn't think I was going to make it through it. It didn't feel like a movie that anyone would honestly release into the world. It felt like a movie that a bunch of dudes, a bunch of friends in high school made and decided, you know what, we're going to watch this when we get together and have beers. Part two feels like somebody actually attempted to make a movie this time. Because isn't this the one, and mark me if I'm wrong, where it starts off with like a gang war 
in the middle of like a yeah. field. Oh, yes, yes, they they've got this Asian gang war. The first like ten minutes of it is a chop sake kung fu film, and it's, it's awesome. And it's awesome. They've got these guys who have some talent. I mean, the way this film opens up, it blew. It surprised me. I'm like, wait, what? This 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 Chinese this Asian gang, two Asian gang members meet up, and it's a a, a drug thing or something gone awry, and they start fighting each other in this pretty awesomely shot and choreographed fight scene between these individuals who actually have some talent. They must be, they must've found some new friends or someone who are new, these guys who had talent because this opening like 10 minutes is like completely, it's like out of left field, completely different than the first film, but it's, it's actually pretty cool. There's even a really well shot uh, cinematography uh, a, a, a well shot scene in here because uh, the shitter junior shows up while these uh, guys are fighting in, in the woods and starts taking people out. And they do this shot where it's a wide angle shot in the distance. You just got the two little silhouettes. They're just two little guys. And you got uh, Ju- shitter junior and the one last uh, Asian gang member left run at each other sort of samurai style <laughs> and and he does a you know the swing of the arm and all of a sudden the guy drops but the sun's in the back and it's like the opening it's like wow where did this come from and are right. these, are these the same guys that made the first one <laughs> it's it's unbelievable it has the same kind of energy that uh like a redneck zombies yeah would have i i loved it like that first scene it is so far and above anything that comes after it yeah that it makes you think holy shit this movie's gonna really be fucking good and then nope (laughs) (laughs) and then it yeah it just it disappoints you no, it's just more of the same. It really is. Carl the Butcher Jr. Uh, in this film is basically like a roundies or bootleg version of Jason Voorhees. <laughs> Only if Jason Voorhees uh, kind of decided to speak like a perverted redneck. And uh, he... Save a, save a lot, Voorhees. Yeah, the save a lot, Voorhees. Um <laughs> <laughs> Ham and cheese Voorhees. Uh, <laughs> he, yeah, uh, Carl the Butcher Jr. He he's wearing kind of like a, a jumpsuit and has this metal mask uh, that you, if you look it up, just look up uh, violent shit. Uh, Mother, hold my hand on Google. You'll see the mask. It's this metal grill. Um, it's basically the image of the entire series. But anyways, it's just this big mumbling oaf going around and hacking people up. That's the movie. I mean, really, there's there's nothing of real note that happens in this thing other than that first scene. Holy cow. That first scene is great. And then it, it just ends. He doesn't even die. Nothing happens. It just ends. And then the dude with the manila envelope gives it to the other dude and they walk away. No, but you missed you missed the very final part where the guy who's getting this whole story for 74 minutes in a diner with really loud music. Yeah. Um, 
uh, he gets that manila folder. As he walks away, he talks about, ah, there's no story here. And he rips <laughs> up the evidence and he throws it away. And you're going, wait, did, what the hell was the last 74 minutes, dude? You just wasted it. I'm like, because he just rips it. He goes, ah, there's no story here anymore. And I'm <laughs> <laughs> the guy must have just shown up for the free coffee and maybe a meal. It was, uh, it was like he was on a blind date or something. He's like, yeah, I guess I'll sit here. The food's decent enough. I'll sit and listen to this story. Oh, my God. It's it's yeah, it's, it's something. Let me tell you, I think um, compared to the first one. At least this one had a sense of humor. Um, I think Schnaz showed a lot more proficiency with not only the camera, but with um, the setups of the scenes, because I th- it was obvious he was paying homage to tons of old movies. Mm-hmm. Everything from the Evil Dead to Kurosawa movies to um, obviously Herschel Gordon Lewis. Mm-hmm. Um, the way he presents gore is so like the Wizard of Gore and like the Gore Gore Girls and stuff like that. He loves those protracted shots that go on forever where you just relish in guts and in gore and spurting blood and all this stuff. And yes, this movie's just as misogynistic, crass, and juvenile as the first one. Yeah, um, uh, th- this time Junior likes cutting off uh, uh, women's breasts. Breasts, and there's thing. another horrible fake vagina scene oh, where yeah, he right. staples a woman's vagina up. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I, I had blocked that scene from my brain. Thank you. Now, yep. no, you're right. Yeah, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, yeah, you're right. It's, it is, again, though... It, yeah, it this one is improved as far as you you could tell they learned from doing the first one. <laughs> you know, they learned how to use the camera in the first one and now they're actually applying some of the things they learned, I think, uh in, in the second one. You know, whether or not it, it's it's still not good by any means, but there is more structure here. They they are actually going for some kind of character a little bit more depth than you had in the first, you know, one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can tell they learned, you, you know, you can tell the film director learned and, and they applied it to this film. Uh, but yeah, it, it still has all of the, the crass and misogynistic uh, overtones that the first one had. Uh, and then some, you know, right. adding the mother element to it, which was the mother was funny because they actually had some, they did like prosthetics, old yes. prosthetics on her, you know, but then the day that they did this outside shot where uh, he's offering these four campers to, to mom, uh, they must've forgot the prosthetics that day. Cause she left the hat on the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. With a veil and all that shit, you know, and you could obviously tell this is a younger woman yeah. trying to play an old woman. Um, so yeah, it's 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 better structured, and yeah, that opening fight scene all the way up to the to the uh, the final uh, death on on the hill in the far distance. That scene with that, you can watch that section of it and go, "Wow!" For a shot on video, no budget film, 
that's pretty doggone impressive. And it's fun. Um, and it's fun. It's fun energy. It's, you know, it, you can tell these guys who, who are doing these scenes are enjoying this quite a bit. Uh, and yeah, it, it's great. And you can watch it up to that point and then you don't miss anything else Nothing. after that. Nothing. It, it really, again, after that point, other than some goofy, this is all in German and it's all subtitled. So I don't, I can't really play any clips that would make any sense to you. <laughs> I, for, I forgot the, but folks, they were trendsetters because they used hashtag before hashtag oh, was cool. Yeah. <laughs> and in, in number one, we forgot the, the subtitles rather than using the slash or hitting the enter key on the Amiga for the next line. They put a hashtag. <laughs> So if you watch it and you're used to it nowadays, and if for some reason you had a lot of alcohol and decide to watch this film, um, you're going to don't the hashtags that you see in here, like hashtag, yes, I'm going to the bar tonight um, <laughs> is not a meaning what it means today. So just no. to, just to put that out there. Right. <laughs> Even though if you know these hashtags, if you're fans of this movie, Go ahead and hashtag those out to Astro Radio Z on Twitter and let's get those hashtags. That, that'll be the new thing. Everything that we post on Twitter will have those hashtags. Yeah, because yeah, they had they had a, a hashtag I'm thirsty uh, too and hashtag great stuff. There you go. <laughs> yeah, hashtag yes, this sucks. Um, there was there was a bunch of them. Yeah, this, it's ridiculous. I mean, this this movie yeah. is honestly it feels a lot better than the first one was, and you can tell they had a lot of fun making this. But again, most people are not going to find enjoyment in this movie. I think if if you're a hardcore gore fan and you Obviously, if you're a hardcore gore fan, you're not easily upset by most content. Yeah. Um, then this might be up your alley just for a lark. But this movie, again, is very amateurish. It's mm -hmm. it's very juvenile. And for its overtly long 82 minutes, it is really redundant. There's really nothing to, to like sink your teeth into here other than another set of murder set pieces tied together with some big with ham and cheese Jason Voorhees wandering around the woods spouting about his mama and about wieners and about a bunch of I mean the dialogue is just it it's beyond infantile I I I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention a couple other things real quick with number two one our killer does upgrade the guns because they figured out how to use squibs yes. now. And they have squibs everywhere. And I feel sorry for the guy who had the squib on his neck. Because uh, our killer goes into this movie theater at one point, And he starts shooting people in the theater. And this one guy's got this squib on his neck. And it blows up. And I'm like, oh, man, that had to burn. Oh, you know that had to hurt. <laughs> I'm like sitting there going, okay, whose bright idea was it to put the squib? Because it doesn't shoot blood it actually sparks <laughs> you see sparks shoot out of the guy's neck <laughs> and, but yeah our killer uses guns 
so you know and then they actually found an actress who would do an actual nude scene so we get that in here mm-hmm. um and yeah oh and there is a there is a decapitation by folding ruler which i will say i don't think i've ever seen before <laughs> someone take a folding ruler and decapitate them with it by folding it uh, you know and scissoring it on the neck so <laughs> pure ingenuity this movie's so far ahead of its time mark the movie man it's way ahead of its time <laughs> Jesus, but, but not nearly as ahead of a time as the next film. Oh boy! Well, before we before we get to the epic violent shit three infantry of doom, <laughs> um, Mark, yay or nay on violent shit two? Mother, hold my hand. Oh, I would say more yay than the first one. <laughs> yeah, um, but that's still not saying a lot. Uh, it it is as a movie more of an actual movie than the first one yes so yeah in all honesty you and and you don't really need to see the first one because they give you flashback scenes in this one anyway so you get to see all the main points which is about a minute uh from the first film you ain't kidding that that pertains to this film at all. So, in all honesty, if if you're going to watch any of these, it, you you had your choice between one or two. I would choose to, just because it is actually a movie more so than the first one and that first opening ten minutes of the film. Uh, so, kind of a yay. If you're locked in a room and you had your choice between which one to watch, I, I would pick two. Yeah. Part, part two is far better than part one, but it's still a pile of shit. It's I, would, still, <laughs> I wouldn't watch it. <laughs> it's, I'm, it's not something I'm going to probably watch ever again. No. You know, no. I'm I'm like, okay, uh, you know, I watched it and I pride myself that I'll watch anything once. And Derek likes to test me on that every so often. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> Tonight it is in <laughs> fact one of those tests. And I watched all three of these back to back. God help me. Um, but uh, yeah, this one, I would say you could skip the first one and pick this one. Um, as much as I agree with you, Mark, I'm going to say skip both of these movies. Mm-hmm. You could find the best bits on YouTube, I'm yeah. sure. Well, that, um, yeah, that's true. I mean, if you can find a highlight footage or some, some edit, you know, that someone did of just the highlight, watch that. Cause you'll probably get just as much out of it. Um, you know, I, I, I was saying if you're choosing between them and by no means would I say, Hey, just pick this up and watch it. Cause no. <laughs> let's go ahead let's move on to to violent shit three Like puppets and Satan's head, and it smelled like a German rib. 
Mark, I'm going to come back to you. I knew you were. Okay. Yep. So what uh, is Violent Shit 3 Infantry of Doom about? Well, these guys are on the boat and something to do with a family member who they hate, their cousin, because they're, they're, he's going to pay for them being out on the boat. Don't know why. No reason. No clue. It's like we picked up in the, you know, in the middle of the story. We're like, I'm like, who's their, why are they pissed at their cousin? Don't know. Don't care. They don't care. They just, and then the boat, then they're stuck in the boat out by an island. I don't know why they're upset, why they're at the island. They're suddenly talking about being stranded, yet their boat works. Don't, Don't know what they're, but they come across this island and suddenly out of nowhere, we don't get just one shitter butcher we butcher shitter we've got an army of them the entire fucking island an entire island of guys wearing the same mask as junior did wear in the second one apparently these guys get captured by these army of butchers which uh, I must say, I feel bad for the one guy because none of these guys are like professional stunt anybody. These are all their buddies. But I want to know who drew the short straw to be the guy that gets kicked down the hill. Because that looked like it. That looked like it hurt. Because a lot of the, the, the stunts did. A lot of them did. They kicked this guy down the hill after he supposedly is dead, and he like rolls and he hits a rock. And I'm just like, oh, dude, really? Wow, man, things you do for your friends, right? But they get kidnapped by this group of apparently followers of uh, the you know the Meister, who, who is who is is K the Butcher Shitter. Who, who they, you don't, his makeup's different, but you basically piece together that he's, 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 yeah, Butcher Shitter Jr. No, um, the first, the, the old guy, the oh, main the old guy, guy is, the old guy was, was Shitter, yeah. And the young, and then the, his, the guy that was underneath him that was actually leading the entire army, that was Carl the Butcher Jr. from part right. two. Yeah, the Conan villain reject. Uh, yes. <laughs> which he did. He looked like a dime store Conan villain. I'm like, what the hell? But it took me a long while until actually he took the mask off and he saw the eye. You realize, oh, that because they don't really they don't call them by their names nope. it, it, and hear it all. But you kind of have to piece it together, which, again, the fact that dad's alive makes absolutely n- no sense whatsoever. No, nope. nor does it make any sense that. Carl the Butcher uh, Shitter Jr. Uh, is dressed like in all furs, looking <laughs> like some medieval guy, and he has a cult of followers mm-hmm. who, who aren't happy on this island for whatever reason. Who the fuck um, knows? They're all on this island training for what? They're on an island. There's nobody to fight. I, I don't know who they were there fighting or, or planning on. But anyway, so we follow these three guys who were kidnapped and we see through their perspective up until they're they're killed gratuitously, uh, the goings ons on the island to which then it switches to some rogue guys who broke away from the cult who are excellent martial artists who decide to bring the fight to the cult of uh, the art of the butcher army. 
And we see in an epic third yes. act battle that goes on forever. Forever. For for a good the whole entire last act of this movie is nothing but explosions, decapitations, uh dime store kung fu, um uh che- chest explosion foo, uh all sorts of stuff. It it that that last act alone must be seen. We we even get hook camera where it follows the hook into a guy's face. We get a flying guillotine yes. out of nowhere. Out of nowhere from that classic old movie master of the flying guillotine, a dude shows up and starts taking people's heads off. Oh god, it was awesome. And I'm just like, wait, who? Uh, <laughs> I was I was impressed that the three guys didn't survive till the end. That was cool. And uh, yeah, basically, we see how these uh, rogue, uh, these breakaway, uh, rebellious me- former members of the cult, which there are only three against hundreds, apparently, uh, take on them in the end in the epic final battle as. Uh, junior and dad try to escape this has no connection at all to the other two whatsoever you don't need to see the other two at all to know what's going on here but man did they go all out with this one you you gotta kind of give props to a film that comes up with a four-headed guillotine you know (laughs) oh man that was everything about this thing is just so over the top so ridiculous it is literally the biggest sausage party movie ever there is not one chick in this entire movie no wonder why these dudes are so pissed off on this island they got no they can't get laid all they can do is sit around and hit each other's machetes together while this dime store conan guy goes around yelling at them that if they don't follow orders they will be executed promptly for some war that he's going to enact with who i don't know what a bunch of fish they're in the middle of the ocean i don't know who he's going to fight there's nobody else on this damn island these three hapless schlubs show up shipwrecked on this fucking island and they promptly get offed and luckily they they run across the, the only three Asian dudes on the, the <laughs> island that decide that are ninjas and they off everybody. Well, well they take care of the ninjas. There are there are other uh, ninjas that show up because they took them out. That's how they got the ninja robes. Right. Remember? Uh, right. So so there are ninjas that have been trained by our Carl uh, Butcher Shitter Jr. and his dad. And there had to be some females, though, because there was a couple of kids uh, waving machetes around. And I think there was a f- one or two females on there. Well, but they're never they're never brought to the camera or anything at all. They're, they're, they may have been in the background, I think. I think, um, you know what I think, Mark? Mm-hmm. I think, like part one, these men can give birth to further Carl the Butchers. <laughs> They so they just—that's why he's—he's he's actually not dead. That's just how he gives birth to people. He just his stomach opens wide and fake babies pop out. I think that's where all these goddamn other dime store bootleg Carl the Butcher shitters came from. They, he's just giving birth. That's why he looked like he's five hundred years old. Well, and let's not forget the uh, ode to reanimator in here with Hitler scientist who. 
and, and I'm not joking, folks. He's got a little Hitler mustache and he's got blonde hair. It, he's got a black <laughs> Hitler mustache and he's got blonde hair and he's working on reanimating dead soldiers. Okay. And if he doesn't, if this isn't reanimate a ripoff, I'm not sure what it is. And the three guys they capture, I think they got killed because they just used the word puke way too many times in in their <laughs> sentences. Because <laughs> when we see these guys, it's like every other word you make me puke. This makes me puke. Oh, you puke, puke. I'm like, what the don't do a drinking game where you take a shot every time they say puke. You will be dead within the first 15 minutes of this movie. Just a PSA there for you. Yeah. Um but yeah, there's reanimator scientists with the little Hitler stash who's trying to reanimate soldiers. And yeah, I don't know how the little babies, maybe they did come out of the bellies. Um, but for a no budget, low budget shot on video film, the thing that what they go through in this final act of this movie, really, you could just sit there and, and sit back with your drink and just watch it unfold. <laughs> It's pretty epic, dude. It's it seriously of any of these movies, this is the one to watch. Uh-huh. It, the only thing I got to say is that it's alternate title that it was released under here in the states for a long time was called Zombie Doom. Wow. What that really? has to do with anything? I have no idea. Well, I mean, maybe the zombies a little bit because you get the one undead guy who's who's on the table through the whole film that the scientist keeps digging in. Uh, but yeah, there's really it, it's not really implied too much. There there are some undead that show up, but it's not like the main focus. No. Uh, they do they too do take on a few of the undead, but they also take on ninjas and other you know uh, butcher shitter wannabes. So. Yeah, it's not the main focus to call it that makes you think that that's up in the forefront and that all these guys are and none of them really are outside no. of a few select ones. They were actually successfully to be reanimated. But yeah, out of the three, this one, I will say just it was the mo- this one felt the most like it would fit in early trauma stuff. Almost. Absolutely. You know. It, it really out of the three films, this one you're looking at going, okay, this is trauma level, ridiculous type of just balls out. Okay. You know, there's the, they, they cut back a bit where we were mentioning the first two where the first two were more misogynistic and, and crass. This one definitely took, takes a different tone than the other two, at least mm-hmm. in my opinion. By quite a bit. Um, did you get that? It's far, yeah, it's far funnier and far. Yeah. It, it, I, I, it's funny that I'm going to say this. It's much more lighthearted than mm-hmm. the other two are. Oh, yeah, it, it's definitely more lighthearted there. It is more in that vein of trauma, more in that vein of reanimator, uh, you know, uh, type of films along. It had that type of energy to it more so than the first two they're they're doing stuff for fun more here and while it was fun before they're not it it looks like they got past the doing shit to be shocking now it's like 10 years after the first film so maybe they just matured as individuals as well um but this one yeah it's if you like trauma films you're gonna you're gonna dig this one quite a bit i think 
Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm sure the movie was titled Zombie Doom because releasing a movie called Violent Shit 3 in the States <laughs> nationally is probably not something that's going to happen. Well, no, it's, it's not going to get picked up by distributors for one, and no one's going to pick it up to actually watch, <laughs> you know, so, but at least zombie doom will, will hook you in. Right. <laughs> it's totally misdirection. It's a bait and switch 1000%, but this movie has violence from beginning to end. It's, it's gratuitous. It's hilarious. It's over the top. It's ridiculous. Um, on for my buck, this is the movie to watch. If you're into shot on video hijinks, Violent Shit Three definitely should be on your list to go check out. Because I had a blast watching this one. What do you think, Mark? Oh yeah, especially watching all three back to back. This one is the most fun. This is this is the one that should picture a shot on video B movie this is the type of B movie that B movie fans watch uh, for fun because it, it was, this one was out of the three, the most fun. Yeah. Odd to say, but it is the most lighthearted. It is, it is uh, one that really is, you only, you don't need to see the others uh, at all because there's nothing in here at all that relates to the first two. They don't even have a flashback scene. This is just Thankfully. like, you know, it, this is like them, almost like them resetting and going, no, this is the film we actually want to make now. Uh, and it, yeah, it's fun. It, it is fun, enjoyable for the B-movie fans. Uh, I, I dug it. I, I was like, when all the guys came out in the little tinfoil masks, <laughs> just start beating the crap out of these guys. They're like, oh, okay. This is like, what's this? And they got a camp and, you know, they've got a cook here cooking. And, and he came out in that, you know, those furs. And I'm just like, oh, this, this is a completely different movie than the yeah. other two. Yeah, it is hilarious and it's fun and it's dopey enough that I enjoyed every second of it. So I think both of us will say part three, only one to watch of mm -hmm. these movies. So Mark, to, to round this episode out, what do you think of your first real deep foray into underground shot on video? <laughs> <laughs> in, all, in all honesty, I want to see others. Uh, I'm, I, I'm, I'm curious about exploring what other ones are, are out there because the only ones that I really were familiar with are a few of the trauma ones. I think maybe it was Redneck Zombies. Mm -hmm. Shot on the video. Yep, Pericles Loons. Yep. Yeah, he he shot that, and I believe. 85. Mm -hmm. I remember watching the Redneck Zombie release that was before Troma picked it up because mm -hmm. a mom and pop had it. And I looked on the back going, how is this video $75? Uh, but, mm -hmm. uh, because it was the big fat clamshell. Uh, I, I want to see others because I was only really familiar with that one, a couple others and things, um, which, uh, you know, so after watching this, this series, I'm like, yeah, I want to see what other ones out there because I'm just curious to see what people were able to do with no budget and just shooting with their home video because it's it's fascinating, maybe morbid fascination, but it, it's just fascinating to see what people were able to accomplish with nothing 
basically, you know, you never know what you're going to get. That's what I love about shot on video horror mm-hmm. is that it was kind of like the old West is like anything went, there was no expectations about what these movies had to be. Um, they obviously were working with next to nothing. Uh, so they just had to, a lot of them just had to ride along on energy alone. Mm-hmm. And because of this, a lot of them are really fucking fun. And I think the next ones we'll do, um, if you want to join me, Mark, you're more than welcome, is I think we'll do video violence one and two next. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. So probably either next month or coming sometime soon, our next shot on video retrospective or whatever we want to call it, this series of episodes where we're going to talk about these movies. I think we'll do uh, video violence one and two. So I'd be down for that. You know, I mean, I I think what it I think what what's fascinating me about this is in today's day and age, you can pretty much pick up your phone and shoot, you know, and and you got your home video and everything's digital. And it's it's a little bit you, you can make yourself. But these guys back then when video was on the boom, these are people just picking up video cameras, seeing what actual people with budgets are doing and trying to do the same thing with no budget. And that really fascinates me because there were more limited and it's a get off my lawn moment, but it's a simple fact of there were more limitations for your home user back then. Oh, absolutely. Than there there are now. And so it's actually as much as, you know, the first two of these films and everything, you look at uh, some of the effects shots though, that they did do in this and it's pretty impressive considering they're shooting this with a VHS camcorder and no budget, uh, what they're able to actually do. It, it's fascinating me, you know? So yeah, I'm, I'm down to watching more because I, I, I am fascinated by seeing what people were able to do back then with even more limitations, less available technology to the home user to see what people do. Yeah, I'm hoping with this series of episodes, uh, not only to dig in deep and showcase a lot of these flicks, but bringing on some of these directors to sit and talk. Mm -hmm. Because back um, before I took over, um, Corey and I actually started doing that. We had uh, Todd Cook on here. We had Chris Seaver on here. Um, As I said before, Tim Ritter had been on these. These are all part of that initial burst of shot on video horror. These are like the godfathers of shot on video horror. Um, some of these guys. So I'm hoping going forward, we can, we can bring some of these guys out. Cause I think a lot of this stuff is of worth and mm-hmm. fans of my show should definitely go check this out. This is underground renegade filmmaking at its best. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. obviously we thought violent shit one and two were awful fucking movies. Yeah, but three, but three, you know, and you could look at one and two as them trying to learn things. And three is one where they actually put everything they learned in one and two and and put it together. And you see it come together uh, in three to make the film that I think they actually really wanted to make. Well, they um, were learning. I think yeah. you, these movies literally are showing somebody that is learning through doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, part three obviously shows that uh, Schnaas really 
got better and better and better because these aren't the only movies he's made. He's made a bunch of movies. Mm-hmm. So these are just, you know, part of a series. So we lumped them together. But um, going forward, I'm excited. I've been wanting to do the uh, more shot on video stuff here with Astro Radio Z for a long time. So next time, look for it. I don't know when I'm going to release another one of these, but uh, look for Video Violence 1 and 2. We'll do those next, along with I'd love to talk about Sledgehammer. I'd love to talk about some of the Truth or Dare movies. Um, All sorts of stuff. Maybe I don't really like Blood Cult very much, and Mm -hmm. both of those movies are kind of dull. Maybe (laughs) we'll talk about those, but going forward, we're going to dig deep. And hopefully bring on some of these people because a lot of them are really good natured dudes, working class dudes that were just having fun. And that's what I'm all about. And I'm looking forward to bringing them on. And let's talk about some fun movies. So, Mark, this is the point in the show where we shamelessly show the fuck out of our audience. Mark, where can my listeners find you? SpecialMarkProductions.com for all your movie man needs. Also on the YouTubes at SpecialMarkProductions. On the Twitters at MovieManiac3D. You can find me on We Live Entertainment every Thursday, bringing indie horror and uh, just horror in general every Thursday on the YouTube channel for We Live Entertainment. Also do occasionally written reviews there. And you can find me on Galactic Netcast where I do the Movie Man's Movie Minute. I'm there. Uh yeah, I work in conjunction with a website called Nerd Slant as well. And yeah, I'm a whore. I'm I'm just a whore. I'm everywhere. Yeah, you want to be. So, well, Mark the Butcher Shitter, thanks for coming on this episode. And listeners, if you have a favorite shot on video horror film you would like us to watch, get a hold of us at Astro Radio Z Podcast at gmail.com. You can find Astro Radio Z on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, YouTube, and anywhere that podcasts are found. Please subscribe, share, rate, and review. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and email us questions, concerns, or just general chatter at astroradiozpodcast at gmail.com. Coming from me, Derek Carey, thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time.